You are listening to Life Skills 101 on the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. Welcome to Life Skills 101, a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network and True North Homeschool Academy. Your host, Lisa Nearing, has homeschooled her five kids for the last 29 years. She has a master's degree in human brain development and a master's in marriage and family therapy. She is currently the owner of True North, offering everything from Hebrew classes to chemistry. She and her husband, Dr. David Nearing, are passionately committed to equipping fellow homeschoolers and Christians with the tools and resources necessary to navigate a complex world in need of a savior. Now, Without further ado, your host. Hey, everybody. It is Lisa from True North Homeschool Academy, and we are going to start back to school in just a couple And so want to talk to you um, about how to get ready for back to school. And I've got some great tips and tips for you as you're planning and thinking about back to school. I know a lot of you guys are still at the pool and you're traveling and doing the vacation thing, um, but, you know, it doesn't help. It doesn't hurt to start planning ahead a little bit. So I want to just bring up a couple ideas that might help you really set the stage for a super successful school year. Um, in the homeschool world, you know, it's just everybody says, do whatever you want. And that's true. There's so much freedom in the homeschool community. That's one of the things I loved and enjoyed about homeschooling myself. Again, 30-year homeschool vet here. Um, but I do think it's really super important to start with a typical course of study because one of the points of academia is to give your kids a broad general overview about um, just things in general, like how to write well, what does geology mean, what's biology mean, um, how to understand history, both world history and U.S. history. So a typical course of study is not a bad place to start. In fact, I think it's a really great place to start because, again, it gives you that broad overview. And then tweaking it to make it fit for your family, your goals, what you have available to you is just the beauty of homeschooling. But if you haven't sat down and set some academic goals for this year, might be a great time to do so. And I love doing this with our kids as they got older. I would say even upper elementary school. Sit down and really discuss with them what they want to learn for this year because you might be surprised. And then I would work together to create clear, achievable goals that will guide your homeschool curriculum and activities. And a fun way to do this, um, especially as your kids get older, is just to create some vision boards together. Um, you can do this online. You can do this uh, with magazines. And um, you can just do this with one of those big sticky pages. You know, it's not a sticky note. It's like a full-blown page. You can just put it on the um the wall and write down what do you want to learn this year and just work on that together and then decide how can you fit that into um, a typical course of study how can you incorporate those into unit studies field trips travel the whole smash and really make um, your goals for the year owned by your you know don't make them owned. That sounds weird, but, you know, give your kids ownership in what you're going to study this year, because that is a great way to um, not only 
capitalize on their areas of interest and the things that are really exciting to them, but also um, forward your own academic goals for your kids and helping them just establish routines and and those kind of things academically. So um, really help your kids participate in what do they want to learn this year? How do they want to learn it? Do they want to take that trip to the aquarium as they're studying cetacean biology? Um, do they want to go to an, a reenactment? Do they want to participate in CAPS this year? Is there a sport they want to do? Um, or do they want to learn how to cook more? There's so many things that our kids are interested in. And if we don't ask them, we might not even know it. So ask your kids, what do you want to learn this year? What are your goals for yourself academically this year? Um, and how can I help you get to um, that end goal? And then how can we work together? You're a team, right? And so how can they help you understand what's important to them? How can you help them know how to get there? That's one of the beauties of homeschool. You have this team that's very personalized and you can absolutely personalize the education towards your kids, their areas of interest and um, the skill sets that you bring to the table as too. The second thing I would say is create a schedule and just develop a daily or weekly schedule that balances learning breaks, extracurricular activities, field trips, travel, all those kind of things. Because having a structured routine helps maintain consistency and it truly does enhance productivity. It cues your kids to what to expect regarding behavior and activities. The other thing you're building habits, I wrote a blog post on how just using the schedule can help your kids develop executive functioning skills. I've been honestly surprised at how popular that blog post was, but I think it's true that just even doing something as simple as sitting down with your kids, really again, once they hit junior high, definitely senior high, for an hour a day and schedule that like an hour every Monday, we're going to sit down and talk about the schedule for the week. And then those family planning meetings too, once a week, for sure, once a month, and just talk about what everybody's doing and where they're going, who's got the car, who's picking up and dropping off and those kind of things really helps your kids start with time management, self-control, all those kind of great things that go into executive functioning skills. Um, I'm not really a person who loves hour by hour schedules, but I do like time blocks. That really works for me. So decide what works for you, decide what works for your kids and make it work for you. Because if it doesn't work for you, you're not going to utilize it. Um, again, I like flexible time blocks. We did skills in the morning, like math, Latin, grammar, skill-based learning, um, things that are incremental and sequential um, because the brain is fresher in the morning and we just seem to get a lot more done then. So we always start with memory work and go into other skill-based classes. And then in the afternoon, we would do content areas. We also incorporated a morning basket for about an hour a day, and that was really super fun too. And we did memory work and Bible study and map work and that kind of thing in there. But find a schedule that's going to work for you and then help your kids understand how to make use of the schedule and really um, hone their scheduling and habit building skills as you do your schedule. The other thing I think is super fun and helpful as your homeschooling is organizing your learning space. And that is just setting up a designated area in your home for homeschooling, or at the very least, homeschool supplies. Now, we were one of those families that for many, many years, we did not have a dedicated homeschool room because we didn't want one. We have an open concept first floor. 
where it's the kitchen, dining room, and living room all in one big space. And we loved utilizing that space for homeschooling. So we had a table available and then a couch in our living area. And so we would have different workspaces throughout our first floor area. And then as the kids got older, they would do studies in their room. We definitely made use of our enclosed front porch and, of course, outside. Because uh, who doesn't love doing school outside? We certainly did. So just make use of the home that you have. You don't need a dedicated schoolroom. But I would say for sure have a place for dedicated school supplies because there is literally nothing more frustrating than getting in the middle of a learning session where you can't find the tape and you can't finish that craft project or you're trying to print something out for the for the next lesson and you can't find the printer paper. So just have a place where all your supplies are generally located and the kids know to put the things back um, and you put them back too so you can always find them the next time. Um, I also like to plan curriculum and resources ahead of time. I'm an open and go girl. I don't like a lot of curriculum that takes a lot of teacher time because, again, I was working for a third, a third of the time that we homeschooled and I had five kids all at different age levels and different learning stages. And so having a really teacher intensive curriculum just was not going to work out for us. I liked open and go and I honestly really loved and we utilized heavily um, online classes at a certain point. And that really worked well for us, but I did plan curriculum and resources. And again, I'm not a real hour by hour scheduler. So we would have time blocks and I would list out all the stuff that the kids did for the year. So I would have different um, five by seven postcards with everything that they did, online classes, um, workbook and textbook type classes, apps, all the stuff that they utilized, co-ops and class days and everything on their five by seven card. And then if they just had extra time or whatever, they could look through that if it was still school time or they could do something that was of interest to them. But at least it was a, at a glance for every single kid. And if you're working or you have multiple kids or whatever complications you have in your life, having that just at a glance, what the kids are doing by student can be super helpful for you as you go ahead and plan your day and get through your day. Um, so I, I really, I know learning, learning, um, styles are super big in the homeschool world. Are you a, an auditory, a kinesthetic or a visual learner? The science on this is that it doesn't matter if you cater to your kid's learning style. Um, the outcomes are generally the same, but I would say this about learning styles. They're very good to know both what kind of learning style you have, because that's generally how you teach and what learning style your kids tend to favor. The reason why is this, because we wanna shore up areas of weakness and we wanna really um, add uh, fuel to the fire in things that they're naturally good at, right? We want to help them even go farther than they would if they have a natural skill or ability or talent, right? So understanding learning pathways is a good way to do that. The other thing you wanna be aware of is that the more neural pathways, visual, auditory, or kinesthetic that you utilize as you homeschool and educate your kids, the, the more the learning will stick and the easier it will be for your kids to learn. So if you're teaching them some kind of information while doing games and memory work and um, jumping jacks while you're singing a song, you're utilizing um, hearing, speaking, uh, seeing, moving, all those kind of learning styles all at once, and it's going to stick better. So you want to use mnemonics and learning styles are a great, great way to use mnemonics. What do I mean by mnemonic? A mnemonic is how it's a, a technique or something that you use to help you memorize, right? And memory work is one of the basic study skills. So it's super important to teach your kids basic study skills. Um, 
I would also say, uh, you know, just really understand how your kids learn. That's super important. Um, and also make sure you're teaching how to learn. Again, mnemonics, memory work, how to take notes, teach your kids how to test themselves, teach them how to do brain mapping and um, those kind of things, and incorporate your kids' interests. Refer back to what I said at the beginning. What do they want to learn this year? Change up how your kids will be learning and considering consider incorporating a mix of textbooks, online classes, apps, hands-on activities, co-ops, class days, the whole bit. I mean, there has literally never been a better time to homeschool than right now. Um, we have so many uh, resources available to us, so many free things, um, so many more things as groups in person because it's more um, it's just more socially socially acceptable than ever before to homeschool. So make use of all those kind of things. If you have the time and the energy and the resources, definitely do. Now, don't tap yourself out thinking you have to do all of it because the deal is you don't. You don't have to do any of it. You can do the one thing that works. You can be boring. That's okay. Everything doesn't have to be fun for your kids. Okay. If you're working full time and you've got a baby and all the things um, or somebody's sick or whatever it is. You can make it very simple, plain Jane, and still be a very effective educator. Okay, so it is great when we have fun. Like, it, everybody loves to have fun, right? That's the whole point of fun. <laughs> but you don't have to make every educational activity or interaction with your kids fun. There's, they can still learn, okay? just to, I want to just take some pressure off you as you're homeschooling. Um, so the other thing I would say is gather your supplies, you know, make sure that you've got um, the paper and the tape and the pencils and the glue and everything. Now is a great time to get them composition notebooks and three ring binders. I always stock up because I use them myself. I still use them. Note taking by hand is one of the best ways to remember things. Um, and so we would always stock up when everything was on sale. Uh, we always like to get a fun new water bottle or a new journal or large sticky notes, just something kind of fun. I mean, we're office supply nuts in my house. I don't know about you guys, but we love a good office supply over here. Um, and then I would just say, just check on your homeschool state regulations because they're all changing. I know in my state, in Ohio this year, they all changed. So familiar, familiarize yourself with any legal requirements in your area, and then just be aware of things that have changed. Um, generally, they're changing in favor of homeschooling, but you want to just be aware of what's happening. Um, and then don't forget to connect with other local homeschoolers. I know our Facebook pages are where a lot of people are connecting with um, homeschoolers in our area, at least. Um, but there's, you know, the library is a great way to find other homeschoolers joining Local homeschool groups and co-ops is a great way to find out about class days and co-ops in your area, um, PE days or chess club, all those kind of things. We've been part of ballroom dancing, um, theater groups, politics, all because we've connected with local homeschool families and groups. Um, and it's a great way to share experiences and, and find resources and get support. Um, the other thing that's great about homeschool groups locally is that you can share um, and see each other's curriculum. And I know after a certain time, we didn't buy curriculum if I couldn't see it and touch it. <laughs> because look, if you have a good copywriter, which every homeschool um, company should have, they could sell you anything. And really, you need to find out what's going to work for you and what's going to work for your kids. The other thing I just want to caution you about as the homeschool industry has grown, um, there are there is just some bad curriculum and bad products out there. So let the buyer beware. You want to just be um, aware of what good academic and educational pedagogy is and make sure that whatever programs that you're using actually do educate your kids because there's some sloppy stuff out there at this point. 
I would also say as you're planning your homeschool year, don't forget to just make a list of educational outings and field trips you want to connect with during the year, even um, planning travel. And we always looked for museums, nature reserves, historical sites and community events to just enrich our education. If we were doing like long-term unit studies or shorter term unit studies, or we were just interested in a certain thing, we're big history buffs in my house. So any kind of reenactment thing, we were, we were all there for. Um, but create the time, space, and resources for those in-person experiences because they can really supercharge your school year. And I know one year I made a goal. I just created field trips for our local community. I did 12, so I did one a month. And they were planned out for the year with all the pricing and all the things that everybody needed beforehand so people could look at and say, oh, this makes sense for us or it doesn't. You could do that for your own family or just your family and another family um, that you connect with or your larger group. Um, and then if you get to travel, we have had some opportunities to do a lot of traveling on certain years. And we've really tried to utilize going to museums or um, parks or botanical gardens or, you know, the Alamo, um, really neat experiences that were local to wherever we were. So, um, I, and, you know, if you plan it out ahead, then you might have a little bit of extra spending money um, to do the extra, the extra little thing, right? Um, you know, uh, there's, there's so much um, bad juju about testing in the homeschool um, community, but I do want to say it's really important for your kids and for good learning to take place if you incorporate goal setting and progress tracking. Um, your kids need a good feedback loop to know if they've learned and you do too. Um, and assessments don't have to be a, a dirty word. In fact, we're all assessed all the time. You know what I mean? If we go to work, we're uh, assessed, are we doing our job? Um, if we show up to do a project or a presentation, we're assessed on how well we do that. And our kids need to understand that throughout life, they'll be, they'll be tested, people will be tracking, are they doing what they're supposed to be doing? But really, um, it's not it's not like you're you're um, pigeonholing your kids because you've tested them. You're creating feedback loops for your kids, and they don't have to be all quizzes and tests. There's a lot of different ways to do feedback loops. Um, quizzes and tests are certainly two of them, but also papers, projects, presentations, and that's a good way to connect to a variety of skills and learning styles by utilizing a number of different assessment tools. Um, but the other thing about incorporating goal setting and progress tracking is it fosters a sense of responsibility and self-awareness for your kids. Remember what I said before about executive functioning skills and um, calendars and scheduling. Goal setting and progress tracking does that too. So if you have kids who are really struggling with like they're just, uh, you know, self-control or um, getting to that next level or learning skills and stuff, doing a, a tracker can be really helpful. And a good way to do this is just um, go on Pinterest and Google bullet journaling habit trackers. There's so many cool habit trackers out there right now. Um, and that could be a fun thing to incorporate into your school year. But really, our brain gets better at what we practice. So if we don't have a good feedback loop and your kids practicing bad writing without any um, assessment saying, hey, you've got run on sentences here, or you're not putting the predicate and verb in the right place in this English sentence, or it's a run on sentence or whatever, um, or two plus two does not equal seven. If you don't have a good feedback loop, your kids are going to just keep practicing what they're doing incorrectly. And that's not good educational pedagogy. So some kind of assessment, um, goal setting and progress tracking, really good for your kids as you're teaching them, right? That's just good education. Okay, um, and then lastly, 
let's discuss the rules and expectations for your kids. And this doesn't have to be a really heavy conversation, you know what I mean? But just an open conversation about homeschooling rules and expectations, establishing guidelines for behavior during study hours, online learning etiquette and what that means, um, and the importance of self-discipline. So as you're teaching academic subject matter as you homeschool, as well as soft skills and life skills, right? So creating spaces that trigger specific behaviors and are, that's going to create habits for your kids, it's going to allow them to learn more efficiently and more effectively. And by rules and regulations, I don't mean having a really... Um, draconian homeschool atmosphere. I mean, we certainly don't. We homeschooled on the couch half the time. My kids were on the floor playing Legos while I did a lot of reading aloud to them. But I just mean things like when you're in school, the phones are away. And that might be mean for mom too. Um, don't have them in the middle of the table because if the phone buzzes, then who gets the most attention? The phone does. So I would just say kind of rules like that. Like, uh, do you go outside and play when you're in the middle of doing math together or whatever? Just basic expectations for your kids so that they understand when you're doing school, there's just certain expectations. And maybe during certain times of the school day, the expectations are different than at others. So when we did our morning meeting or our morning basket, everybody was gathered at the table or in the living room with the basket, and we all worked together. That was just one of the expectations. Now, after that morning meeting, the younger kids could go and do some other things, but that that's what I mean more by rules and expectations. If you want to get really formal with it and you know, make a, make a list of our school rules or whatever, go for it. But um, I just think helping your kids understand what's going to happen when you start classes is going to be helpful to them. Again, those habits are so important for us as, as our, as we're developing our executive functioning skills and remembering what's up. <laughs> um, homeschooling is so flexible. It's such a great personalized approach to education. So you can adjust any of this to make sense for your family. You know, it's all about your unique family's needs and preferences. And so I just want to encourage you guys as you're starting the new school gear, just enjoy the journey, like be enthusiastic, be curious and passionate together, really foster that sense of becoming a self-directed learning. And we've talked about this before, helping your kids develop what it means to be an autodidact. And again, an autodidact is somebody who can learn without formal education. And as we go and we live in this time of disruption, educational disruption, but definitely societal disruption, being able to learn on our own and be able to pivot really quickly is going to be so, so very important. So I'd really encourage you to make that a goal for yourself and your kids as you're homeschooling, as you're homeschooling, that they can really develop that sense of becoming an autodidact. And maybe even um, an interesting thing to do this year would be if they say they want to learn about this one thing, make it their project, make it their um, their school subject to learn about that and just resource them. Um, I know one of our teachers this summer said she gave her kids a budget and said, we're going to camp here's the budget, make it so. And then they just went with where the kids wanted to camp. They ate the food the kids planned and the kids stayed within budget and they just had a blast. So um, you could do some kind of crazy project like that. That is the beauty of homeschooling. You can make unit studies out of about anything. You can learn what you want. And um, the other thing too, parents don't forget, you are your kids' very best resource and the projects and the hobbies and interests that you have might be of super interest to your kids. So don't forget to incorporate them 
and invite them into the things that are of interest to you. Um, I know my husband's really kind of a weather nerd and an archaeologist, and my kids are very familiar with the NOAA and the NASA websites. These are government websites paid for by our tax dollars, and there are so many resources on both of them, NOAA and NASA. Um, so just make, make uh, use of some of those free resources. But if it's a hobby of yours, invite your kids into it and just see where it takes them. I hope this has been super helpful to you guys. We're going to be doing a whole series on back to schools. So we've got things about what to buy and all sorts of, of fun stuff coming up. Um, hope to talk to you soon. Take good care, everybody.